it is necessary to investigate before legislating. But the line between investigating and persecuting is a very fine one. The investigators tell us it seems the suspect was going to pass them, then turned and fired. Christine, Laura, what you're seeing behind me is one of multiple locations. Arise to support the impeachment of President Donald J. Trump. And I'm about to talk to him about allegations that he was involved with prostitutes in Moscow. Hello. At CD Media, we are literally the tip of the spear. From Ukraine to the vaccine to Brazil, we've been at the tip of the spear on all these stories early. So if you want to know what's going on in the world early, before the rest of the news catches up, watch CD Media. But you know what? We have to make money. So we do have ads on the sites. But I know people don't like pop-up ads. They don't like ads. It's a problem. I mean, you get them on your phone, et cetera. If you don't like ads, you can sign up for our no-ad subscription, which is a few bucks a month. You get access to all of our sites, not just CD Media, but the Manhattan, the Miami Independent, the Connecticut Sentinel, the Georgia Record, Armed Forces Press, Tsarism overseas in Eastern Europe, and CDM Espanol if you speak Spanish. So all of these sites are available with no ads. So sign up for our no-ad subscription. You can find it on the websites. There's a pop-up and also in the top menu. And, and pay us a few bucks a month. Support free media. Support your children's future. Support the fight against the corrupt media narrative. Thank you very much. And now let's get to our guest. Welcome back to Information Operation. We pride ourselves on bringing you the, the truth and being at the tip of the spear on a lot of different issues. Uh, today we have a guest, Chris Gleason from Florida, and has been an activist for election integrity among other things, running some uh, tech companies. Chris, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? All my good. Name, my name is Chris Gleason. I'm uh, a tech entrepreneur and uh, patriot and veteran. And uh, I've been in, involved in this uh, fight uncovering uh, some really nefarious activities at the state and federal level. In Florida, right? Yeah, in Florida. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we've found here in Florida, it initially had a nexus in other states. And I'm like, I wonder if this is going on where I live. Hmm. And sure enough, it is. And sure enough, it is. So we're going to do a series on this with you in, in print and video. But you mentioned to me you wanted to start at the beginning. So... Take it away. Start at the beginning. Tell people how you got here and and okay. where. So go from there. Yeah. Okay. So I uh, I had a uh, I invented I invented a uh, uh, software um, for mortgage loan uh, mortgage loans and uh, the process of automation years and years ago, and it was it was essentially a search engine. Um, before there were search engines and before mm. most banks had websites. And I ended up getting involved uh, doing that and establishing a data standard for all of uh, the mortgages that are done um, today and going back to the, to the, to the nineties. And it's just, you know, funny the way things work. Um, we're part, I was part of this work group and, on data standards. It's called MISMO, the uh, Mortgage Industry Maintenance and Standards Organizations. So I get a really good understanding of, 
you know, what all these ones and zeros are that, that get flown through the uh, interwebs. And uh, so I did that and ended up uh, moving to Florida and, uh, you know, enjoy the sun and the fun. And uh, I, I think of myself as a, a political refugee, you know, because mm -hmm. I came from Massachusetts. There's a lot of them down there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and this was, you know, going back, you know, 19 years now. And uh, while I was here, I, uh, I, was, I worked in finance, worked in mortgages, ended up going to work for UBS. And uh, while I was there, I was ringing the bell on the subprime stuff. Mm -hmm. And because I, I knew what was in the paper because yeah. we, we had all the data. I was trading that stuff at the same time, so I completely understand what you what you're yeah. talking about. Yeah, so I mean, we I knew where all the bodies were buried, and I was yeah. ringing the bell at UBS saying, "Hey, we got a big problem here." And so, what uh, <laughs> what ends up happening is I end up meeting a client, and um, he introduced me to the uh, very high level executive in the Canadian Central Bank. And we started talking about all of this stuff that was going on. And I was explaining to him my concerns. And he's like, well, you know, let's go have lunch. So we went out, had lunch with him. He, he started, uh, we started talking about the derivatives that were tied to all this paper. Mm -hmm. Because my, my concern was that, you know, we had about, on an annual basis, we were writing at the time, you know, anywhere from two to three trillion dollars in loans, you know? Yeah. And that that's a that's a that's a large part of GDP for the country. Sure. And so we were talking about that and the accounting shenanigans that were starting to happen um, by the banks shifting all the bad paper into a hundred bad bonds that come out to AAA credit. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was literally insane. Yeah. So, so as we're talking about all of this stuff, um, he's like, "Well, you know, the bigger problem here." Are the derivatives that are tied to the these bonds and these paper mm -hmm. this paper and he's like do you know the scope of that and i'm like no he's like well here's what you've got to do you got to go find this information out you go look on the bank of international settlements website because all the central banks report to the bis in switzerland so mm -hmm. we did that and next week we met back up for lunch and he said so what'd you find i'm like this is really bad. And he, <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah, it's really it's bad. It's like that scene in the big short when the stripper tells him she has four houses. <laughs> yeah. And then you find out that there's about, you know, you find out that there's about $400 trillion in outstanding derivatives. Right. To all of this stuff. And I'm like, so he's like, so what do you do? <laughs> how do you hedge that yeah and I'm like uh gold silver uh, short, lead, short treasuries let let <laughs> lead brass uh yeah. guns land <laughs> land yeah. he's like he's like you're a smart guy he's mm -hmm. i'm like how does this go on he's mm -hmm. like so i uh short shortly after that i ended up uh being uh, part of their uh, UBS's global restructuring. And uh, I, I ended up getting involved in uh, private aviation, um, hmm. selling fractional uh, aircraft for a company by, by a name, by the name of Avant Air. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had, a, I had a great territory. Um, territory was uh, Texas, Colorado, Oklahoma, Utah. Great, great, great territory. And uh, I used uh, my understanding and knowledge of databases to take the worst performing sales territory and make it the best in the country. And I was very effective at doing that. And uh, I, uh, I ended up uh, growing my, my personal business and the business of the company. Um, I was selling um, uh, uh, fractionally used shares of these aircraft. And I was able to sell uh, more fractional shares, uh, used fractional shares of aircraft than the entire sales team of the company combined times two. Wow. And uh, so I was, I was killing it, and, but uh, I was never home. Yeah. And I had a hobby and my hobby was guns. Um, mm. I like guns. And there was, uh, I'm a big fan of FN guns in particular. Mm-hmm. And there was, uh, at the time when the FN SCAR was released, you couldn't get any magazines. And I was like, this is crazy. Why can't you get magazines for this gun? And apparently uh, all, the military was getting all the, all the magazines because of the time. And I'm like, you know, there should be a Palmer magazine for this. Well, I went to the University of Massachusetts, Lowell, which is the, the best plastics engineering school on the planet. Mm-hmm. And all of my friends and fraternity brothers were plastics engineers. Some of the uh-huh. plastics engineers there are. So I said, "Hey guys, what is you know what's you know what, what's going on here with this?" Um, and they're like, "Can this be done?" I'm like, "Yeah, this can be done. Totally can be done." And as uh, as there was a very public discussion about polymer magazines going on in the mili- all the military blogs about uh, failures and what was going on with these magazines, I said, can we do this? And they're like, yeah, we can do this. I'm like, all right. So we came up with an idea for a virtually indestructible polymer magazine for military rifles. Wow. And so I, uh, I start, we started doing this while I was, uh, this was my side hustle while I was selling jets. I'm like, you know, we, you know, this, all good things eventually come to an end and having a side hustle or alternate um, streams of income works. So we started designing uh, the product. We did product selection, we were prototyping. And uh, I ended up, my my first daughter was born and uh, I had made a decision that uh, I wanted to be home Mm -hmm. and not on the road, you know, all the time. Because up to that point, I was only home, you know, four or five days a month. Yeah. So, and the mill, and I knew that the military needed what I was trying to build. And so keep our soldiers safe, keep our operators safe. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we ended up coming up with a pretty awesome idea. Um, I ended up leaving private aviation and committed full time to doing this. So in doing that, I established, uh, you know, a Facebook page and, presence on social media and started growing it started, Mm -hmm. you know, getting involved in social media and building a product. And as we were doing that, you know, 
we started getting some clout on social media. We started getting popular. It was it was pretty early on. This is in 2012, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we did that. And I was networking and doing all of my things. And um, so I got very well versed in software, social media, uh, search engine optimization, you know, all the things that, are, you know, plastics engineering, all the things mm-hmm. that a business guy would do. So we ended up building up, you know, this machine, so to speak. And it kind of ended up taking on a life of its own with um, the algorithms that Facebook in particular was employing. Mm-hmm. And as um, in the 2012 um, election, uh, Facebook was playing some shenanigans with the with the with the feeds. This mm-hmm. was the first indication of things. That right. I saw. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And they, they screwed with all the feeds um, around election October-ish, and, you know, do, during uh, the Benghazi stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, I was doing my business thing and trying to um, get a product launched. And then, you know, uh, Newtown happened. Yeah. And censorship and the battle for the Second Amendment really, really, really went went into overdrive. So as this is going on, we're launched where, I mean, this is all going on during our first product launch mm-hmm. and it, it was kind of crazy. And so we, we launched the product. We had a bunch of issues. I mean, just like any other product, but the, that was really when the censorship stuff really kicked in and it, and it progressively got worse over time. Mm-hmm. So around fall of 2018, Um, On Columbus Day, in the lead up to that election, um, I had made a post on social media um, calling out Jay-Z is he was railing against uh, he was railing against colonialism while he was wearing a a Che Guevara T-shirt. And I called him a useful idiot. Mm -hmm. And, And the meme went viral. And then all of a sudden, bang, my Facebook page got deleted. Uh, for the business. So a friend of mine said, Hey, you, uh, I I've got a contact here for you. You should talk to. And so I reached out to the guy and we started talking and explained to him what happened. He's like, I'll check into it and get back to you. And you know, over time, um, eventually he ends up getting back to me. He says, yeah, you know, we, we looked through everything. You definitely did not violate any other terms of service. You know, there was a couple of things here way back, you know, this time and this time, but it's not related to this. He's mm-hmm. like, we'll get you reinstated. So they reinstated my Facebook page and um, but it, they made significant changes to uh, the URL so that it kind of threw a monkey wrench into all of our SEO. And sure, it, it, it still hurt us. Well, I got the yeah. Facebook page back. Yeah. So that. I got that happened in a couple of days before Christmas. So we missed the entire all our busy season. And, uh, you know, it is what it was. But we were very happy to get our Facebook page back. Mm-hmm. So we went to SHOT Show in January. And I had made uh, uh, made a point to uh, meet up with Chuck, this guy Chuck, from Facebook. Right. Well, it turns out Chuck Rice Rossi, his name was, he was the director of engineering at Facebook. Wow. He's the only guy in the world that had a thumbs down button. 
And the only person who could override his code was Zuckerberg himself. Hmm. So we met at, at, at SHOT Show and we started talking and he, he, he explained to me that, you know, a lot of the censorship goes on via uh, bots mm -hmm. and, you know, software code and that, you know, Facebook was processing at the time about 3 billion posts every 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. and, and I looked at him and I said, okay, that's good. I go, but Chuck, software code doesn't write itself. And um, there's input by developers mm -hmm. and developers don't write back code in a vacuum. They get told what code to write by right. executives of companies. I know because I was an executive at one of these companies and I know all there is to know about this stuff. Yeah. And he looked at me and he's oh, and he shook his head and he's like, you know, I'm not a bad guy. Oh, I'm no. like, I never said you were, you helped me. I go, let's, what do we, what can we do here? I go, I don't want to get deplatformed anymore. I don't, you know, but you guys, I can't shift my fire because there's no feedback. He's like, look at, he's like, I left Google because of the bad stuff that they were doing. And I wow. came here to Facebook and he's like, it started out great. He's like, now not so much. There's a lot of people who are really unhappy with the things that are going on. He's like, I'm like, okay, so what do we, you know, what, what has to happen here? He's like, well, you know, if I can't help you, it's because it comes directly from Zuck's office. And I'm like, wow. okay. I'm like, so what, what, what are, what do I need to do? What, like what, I mean, I'm a capitalist. I'm a, yeah. you know, I'm just, I'm a business guy. I just, I, I'm not breaking the rules. You know that I'm not breaking the rules. What, what do I have to stay away from? So he's like, well, you have to stay away from anything that deals with immigration and, and the Muslims. Anything that deals with immigration here in the United States, you got to stay away from that topic. And I'm like, okay. He's like, all right, so what else is there? He's like, well, the COO of Facebook, Cheryl, she's a Clinton staffer. I'm like, okay. So what else? He's like, well, you know, the other terms of service. I'm like, okay, well, all right. I get that. So this is political. There's some, a political part to this. He's like, well, yeah, you know, it is. Um, so I said to him, what, what about advertising for accessories for like for my products? Because that doesn't violate the Facebook uh, firearms policy. I'm not selling guns. I'm just selling parts and mm -hmm. I'm selling things. Tchotchkes, plastic pieces. That's all I'm selling. And he's like, Nope. What, wow. do you, what do you mean? Nope. He's like, it's not in the rules, but no, you can, won't be able to do that. I'm like, he's like, well, why don't he's like, well, what you should do is, you know, sell other things like t-shirts and this and that, and that's, you know, then you'll be able to get around it. And I'm like, all right, I can do that. I go, so you mean to tell me here we are, we're standing here at shot show. It's the biggest convention that Las Vegas has. And Facebook doesn't want any of these advertising dollars. Yep. He's like, that's, that's right. We don't want their advertising dollars. I'm like, so what are you doing here? And he looked at me and he's like, I'm here, uh, you know, uh, because I'm a big gun fan and I'm, I'm here. I'm here with the FBI NCIS booth. I'm working the FBI NCIS booth. I'm like, huh. really? 
Hmm. So I'm saying to myself, that's interesting. I'm like, so how does that work? He's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm here with them. Um, I've, I have done some stuff, um, you know, other stuff too. And I was part of the, the team that Obama brought in to rebuild healthcare.gov. The one that didn't work. The one that didn't work, the one that, because the contract had been awarded to uh, uh, the uh, spouse of Obama. Right. The, the college roommate of the spouse of Obama. And uh, like a hundred, three hundred million dollars or some crap. Like three hundred million dollars. So coincidentally, yeah. Chuck explained to me that they built the replacement that works for under fifteen million dollars. Mm -hmm. And I'm like. I remember and, that exactly when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. All built with open source stuff. Mm -hmm. And so we're, you know, we're talking about that and I'm like, hmm, let's see here. Facebook, FBI, healthcare.gov. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So I said, okay, Chuck, you know, what can I do to help you? You know, help me, you know, what, you know, he's like, if you could, you know, put in a good word for us, you know, in the gun community, Put in, you know, tell people that we're not terrible, that, you know, there are good people here trying to help. And, you know, um, if you could do that for us, that would be helpful. And I'm like, OK, sure. He's like, and if you know people, you know, I'll help them. I'm like, OK, good. And that began my working relationship with Chuck Rossi at Facebook. Is he still there? I'm curious. No, he ended <laughs> up he ended up uh, leaving uh -huh. um, because he I think. He hit, uh, he hit the point where didn't work anymore. Wouldn't wasn't working yeah. anymore. I'd love to interview him. If you still, uh, know. you know, maybe <laughs> we can make that introduction. Yeah. So what? Um. So over the next few years, from you know, this was January fifth, January twenty fifteen. So for the next few years, from then to two thousand and eighteen, um, I helped introduce a lot of people to Chuck Rossi to get their Facebook, Facebook pages reinstated. Um, you know, I, we got, um, we did a bunch of stuff for uh, Rick Farron for uncle Sam's misguided children. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of uh, Patriot nation, um, uh, a bunch of stuff for um, Aaron, uh, Aaron, um, going with, uh, there's a lot of people that we helped mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of people. Um, I believe Steve Reichert was beneficiary of some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, cause we were all getting hit because there was, there were gaming the algorithms. Of course. So what was, we ended up getting deplatformed off 25 channels in 2020, yeah. just so you know, I mean, so yeah. I, I deleted everything off Facebook. Yeah. But, so what, Mind thing was different now at this mm -hmm. point, though. Mm -hmm. Chuck had hard coded my page to not get taken down, mm -hmm. and that was uh, that was very interesting because we were able to get out a lot of truth and information during uh, the 2016 mm -hmm. election mm -hmm. that otherwise would have, you know, would have been triggered and tripped. Um, for instance, I did. Uh, we took this one video um, from uh, the John Birch Society, and it was called "Overview of America." 
And what, what we, what I did was I edited it um, to remove any reference to John Birch because the leftists like to um, use that to discredit. And I, I basically just took the facts and I restructured it and, and I, I made a post on Facebook. I think I call, I think I called it everything that your commie or everything that your Marxist college professor told you was wrong. Mm -hmm. was a lie. And I posted this thing and it went absolutely viral and it broke. I mean, like within, I think within a couple of days, it had like 25 million views. Wow. And, and then the leftists, they just, you know, got into the comment section and that made it go bigger and bigger. Sure, sure, sure. So we totally hijacked their algorithms and (laughs) It showed me a lot, and um, which we would then use later. But um, what what ended up happening is they would mass report it, and our page wouldn't get taken down. So that infuriated them. And so somebody at Facebook ended up um, flagging it, um, flagging the classification of the video to having and containing graphic content. Okay. Of course, there was no graphic content. It was a cartoon video. You yeah. know, I mean, it was hilarious. And so we're like, okay, I see what's going on here. And so we got a good understanding in the 2016 of the algorithmic uh, of the algorithms that were being used in the feed, in the data feeds, and we were able to utilize them. Mm-hmm. One of those things were memes that their AI what wasn't you know capable of recognizing at the time. Mm-hmm. So we took full advantage of that and we did some pretty awesome stuff. Now I knew we knew that more and more censorship was coming because it never gets better, it only gets worse. And we were looking for alternate ways to uh, monetize this massive presence that we had. Mm-hmm. So we had um, a, a loose group of us, there was about 500 of us that had a Facebook pages and groups that were conservative and liberty and veteran, you know, all, you know, like patriot, like real patriotic Americans, right? And there was a group of about 500 of us. Um, we had about 100 million fans across all of our pages with about 2 billion weekly post views. Jeez. 2 billion. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So as we're, you know, as we're sharing information, just like, you know, just like uh, other organizations like Reuters in the AP do, you know, we're sharing, you know, we would share stuff from the Gateway Pundit. We would share, you know, just, yeah. you know, Western Journal, you know, just, just doing the same thing that everybody else does as a course of business. Right. And it was very effective. And it was that was that was the, the beginning of the alt media, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when Mark Levin started to get onto social media, he had uh, the Conservative Review, and his director of research was a guy I grew up with by the name of Rob Eno. Mm-hmm. And when and, and we like I said, we had a huge presence on social media. So Rob reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, can you help us get going?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. I'll share with all my followers and fans, you know, you guys, and 
I, you know, and I, I helped them get going. In the meantime, however, I had uh, started to assemble a team to build um, or to look at building a, a better solution to this stuff. And uh, I, I was able to rope in. Uh, As in how to manipulate Facebook or start something else or what? Start something else. Yeah. An, alternative, yeah. an alternative to Facebook. A place where we could actually monetize. Right. Because what, what happens on social media like Facebook and TikTok, right? You work on Massa Mark's likes plantation. Yeah. Same sure. thing with Google. You're a slave to their algorithm. You're a slave. So you're my slave. feeling is they have peaked and they're on their way out. Oh, you, you bet you they are. Yeah. They, you bet you they Especially when the truth comes out about all of this. Yeah, which it is. Yeah. Yeah. I see it as surveillance also. I mean, they're surveilling oh, the network. Oh, this is all a part of it. Yeah. Because once you understand the true history of Facebook and yeah. the true history of what's going on, um, you'll get it. Yeah. So we started building. Well, let me interrupt you real quick. What do you what do you say to people who, you know, I get a lot of because we deleted all our we're off all the commie networks. I mean, literally, I think yeah. we have AdSense on one of our sites still, but that's it. I'm off Google. It took me two years, but I'm not on Google at all. Don't have a Google phone. But I get a lot of people. Well, I'm spreading the truth on Facebook, so I'm keeping my account. I I, I say, but they're they're surveilling you, so your whole network. They know everybody. They're taking your money for your yeah. ad dollars yeah. and, you know, and they're blocking you. So what is yeah. the point? So delete it. The best way you can do thing you can do is find another platform and build there. Well, what that so so we started work on ours. Right. Mm -hmm. I had the first idea of doing this in 14 and mm -hmm. I watched some other people try to build them and fail. And, you know, so I was just kind of watching mm -hmm. and they were doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. And it, so I talked to one of the smarter guys that I knew, my brother-in-law, who was, a, who was, uh, he was uh, a DARPA guy. He, well, he was soft, he worked in software and he, he, he was at the time uh, working at DARPA on the trans apps project. Mm -hmm. It was basically the iPhone store on DARPA. And he was doing stuff with um, Crystal Hull. Um, the Crystal Hall project where, you know, you had um, live VR um, with, you know, zero latency um, and all that stuff. And um, so I, 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 I convinced him to help me at least with some of um, the running of the admin of some of uh, my sites. And he and he was he, he was a, he was a Democrat. And, mm -hmm. and as he was watching the censorship and he was watching everything that was happening to me, he was like, this isn't right, man. You really aren't doing anything wrong to get these bans. I'm like, I know. Yeah. So we started talking about a way to fix this. And so we started doing some homework and some architecture and we, we came up with an idea. We brought, we ended up bringing in, we ended up bringing in, um, we ended up bringing in some some really talented and interesting people. Mm -hmm. um, I brought in my CFO from my first software startup, who had been who was the the treasurer for the Federal Homes Loans Bank. Um, we brought in one of the inventors of uh, of the, the of uh, Chromecast and the, the Fire Stick, and a guy by the name of Jeff Way. And we brought in some some talented guys uh, that he knew, and. So we started, 
you know, kind of working through stuff. And we got to work on this and we were financing it through um, uh, T-shirt sales and, you know, everything. I mean, I took everything that I that we were doing and had and piled it 100 percent into the development of this new platform. And we were by 2018. We had uh, we were in we had an alpha version of the software getting ready to launch it. And 2018 was an important year for politics Mm -hmm. because that was when Facebook said that they were going to crack down on, you know, and we wanted to make sure that we had valid information. Mm -hmm. So in order to run political stuff or things based on real um, um, social issues, you had to be approved to run ads. And they wanted to verify your identity. So I did. I, I gave them everything. They wanted mm-hmm. my driver's license, my passport. I mean, it was mm-hmm. ridiculous mm-hmm. what I had to give them. My social security card even to make, I mean, this is, and then, and then, and then mm-hmm. they sent the postcard to the place that I lived at. I mean, or, and not that I lived at, but I received mail at for the business. And I had 24 hours from the time that that thing got to enter in the code, right? 20. So this is a pretty, this is in order to run ads, you had to do this, right? Hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I did it, verified it. And they said, okay, you're great. You're, you're good. And at the time Facebook had launched, um, you know, their Facebook groups. Um, and, and that was well underway at this point. And I had one of, we had, we had some of the fastest growing, most popular groups in Facebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, they actually ended up throttling us um, to prevent the groups from sure, of course. Doing, doing well. So they capped us out at around six, I think it was like 675,000 people in the group. And it was a very active group. Um, so we were, uh, this was three weeks now prior to the midterm and I was sitting in my office and I was getting ready to make a po- my, my first morning post on Facebook. And I got a phone call from a friend of mine who had, I had helped get restored. She was a army veteran who had a page, a news site. And um, they, uh, they, t- they took her out and she's like, Hey, I just got taken out, but it wasn't just my page. It was my profile. I'm yeah. like, really? So wow. as, I'm like, well, let me check. Like, so I, as I went to as I went to um, finish my post, boom, I got bounced out, and I'm like, oh, okay, here we go, yeah. here we go. Uh-huh. So and then I'm like, oh, they got they got my profile too. Yeah, it's just new. This is new subversion. Then I st- my phone started ringing. Everybody who I helped. They, 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 they're all calling me. They're like, hey, can you reach out to Chuck? I'm like, yeah, I'll reach out to Chuck. So I reach out to Chuck, and I'm like, hey, what's going on here? He's like, that shouldn't have happened. I, I know. I thought we had we had something going here, buddy. And so w- what I noticed then was that the pages were, were going back, back up. Mm-hmm. And then they would go back down. And this went on like a bunch of times. Yeah. So... Chuck's like, give me a minute here. 
let me let, let let's let's see what's going on and I'll get back to you. So he ends up getting back to me, him and a bunch of other people. Um, they started sending me other people started sending me articles from the Washington Post saying that uh, Facebook had removed Russian bots, bad <laughs> actors, spam networks, da 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 da. Yeah, um, and people who were gaming, promoting violence, uh, promoting violent, inauthentic activity. That was their new term. That's a great Orwellian term. Oh yeah, inauthentic <laughs> activity. Yes, yeah, but they're not okay. All right, that's fine. So Chuck sends me uh, the article from the Facebook news group, and I'm like, oh, I go well, you know, Chuck, you know that I haven't that I'm that's not me. I haven't done any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And this, what this is, this is election interference. Mm -hmm. This is not right, Chuck. You told me that, da, 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 and I put it in my email. I summarized our conversation and I fired it off to him. And so it all got laid out. And then he's, he ends up replying back to me. He's like, you need to get press, friendly press and politicians involved. In this. So when the head of Facebook engineering, the only guy who, whose code can be overrode yeah. by only Mark Zuckerberg, that is a story. Sure. So I contacted everybody. I contacted all of, I mean, literally everybody. I am relentless, just to let you know, I'm relentless. I went to every, every single news organization. I went to local news. I went to national news. I went to um, the Senate uh, or the, the House Whistleblower Committee, the Senate Whistleblower Committee. I reached out to every um, every politician that I possibly could. I sent a I, I, I put together a complete dossier of all the emails and all of the information, and I sent it to Ted Cruz. Mm -hmm. I sent all. Ted Cruz sent it to Gov um, at the time Governor Rick Scott's office. Try you know get got it to the DeSantis people. I mean everybody. Mm -hmm. I was relentless. I reached out to my friend who worked for Mark Levin, and I said, "I got I got the emails here. I got this stuff. I go. You guys need to raise awareness about this. You really need to raise awareness about this." He's like, "Send me the emails, and I'll let you know." I sent him the emails and um, I went out of town for a software developers conference. I was down in Dallas, Texas um, for um, this developers conference um, there. And a friend of mine while, while I was there said, hey, you should go talk to Glenn Beck because Glenn Beck has the same, had the same deal that we had or you had mm -hmm. with, mm -hmm. with Facebook. So I went to Beck's studio and I tried to get in to talk to him and they wouldn't talk to me. And I said, look, Glenn Beck has a great thing where he talks about, and then they came for me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, well, tell Beck, this is, and then they came for me moment for him. Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. he has the same deal with Zuckerberg that I have. Oh, wow. And so they wouldn't, they wouldn't see me, but he's like, here's a card, send us your stuff. Yeah, about, yeah. about 30 days later, Glenn Beck and Mark Levin announced a merger of their of their companies. And I'm wow. like, hey. 
my friend didn't return my calls anymore after that. Now he works for Glenn Beck in, in Dallas, Texas. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. But, um, you know, so, but we're still trying to uncover stuff and we're still trying to launch our stuff. Um, as when we got deplatformed on Facebook, it wasn't just Facebook. Within 30 minutes of us getting white, digitally assassinated is more a better term. After being digitally assassinated on Facebook, they took us out there. They took us out on Twitter. Um, they, they hit us on YouTube. They hit us on Patreon. I mean, yep. they hit us. We had, the same, we had the same list. Yeah. Yep. Bing, 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 bing. So LinkedIn, MailChimp, all of it. Yeah. The whole, the yeah. whole thing. Yeah. MailChimp was another one. Yeah. And this is in 2018. Okay? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I get it, guys. Well, good thing we were in alpha and in beta. Mm -hmm. And I was able to successfully fight off the onslaught at Patreon to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. um, because otherwise that would have that would that would have completely killed us. Yeah. Um, but we, we like I said, we, we were hedging our bets with the, what we were building. And so we were able to continue, you know, doing our development. And uh, so, I mean, it was funny, you know, we, I've been at this for a long time. Yeah. So when, when Jordan Peterson had announced that they were going to build um, this thing parlor, I reached out to Jordan Peterson. I'm like, Hey, look at, we're in alpha right now. I go, let's join forces. Let's, you know, let's, let's do something together. What a, what a sad story parlor is. But... Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I mean, I've re yeah. I mean like, so I am, very, very, very much into this at levels that people have no clue. Right. right. So part of this, as the censorship thing goes, right, a friend, I ended up making friends with a guy by the name of Jason Fick. Mm -hmm. Jason reached out to me and he had at one point, he was like one of the, he was the largest content creator on Facebook. And he could literally, you know, shape the conversation mm -hmm. and he was doing it. And so Jason reached out to me. He's like, hey, you know, they, you know, how are you doing this on Facebook and not being deplatformed? And I said, oh, well, you know, this is what's going on. And he's like, well, you know, let's talk. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. So we talked. And when they hit, when Facebook hit me, Jason asked me to be a, a co-plaintiff of his in his lawsuit against Facebook. I said, well, Jake, um, I don't think that that's going to go anywhere. And I'll, and I'll tell you why, because ultimately this is a first amendment issue because you have to understand what Facebook really is and what Facebook really does. Mm -hmm. And at this point in time, you're not going to be able to do anything about that. So I know that you're going to, you're going to go through a very costly legal battle and it's not going to ever go anywhere because of the nature of this beast. So I, I said to him, I'm going to, you know, I'll give you all the information. I you subpoena me. I mean, whatever you need from me, my emails, I will testify. I'll do everything you want. But, I, you know, as a matter of fact, if you want, you can get involved with this, with me, because I think that a better allocation of our capital is to truly build an alternative platform. Mm -hmm. So that's what we, you know, that's what, that's what I did. We started doing it. We accomplished it. But the problem was we couldn't get any traction because of 
the fact that we were blacklisted. Yeah. And so Facebook, Twitter, Google, and other core internet service providers maintain a blacklist, which is illegal. And they do this to silence any startup or any real anything oh, real. Very familiar. We just sued the Trusted News Initiative with Bobby Kennedy. So I'm I'm very familiar with that. Yeah. I'm personally familiar with it. Yeah. So the, the stuff that they're doing is is nefarious. Yeah. And ultimately, as my efforts in election integrity have proven beyond any reasonable doubt that this is actually treason against the American oh, people. Sure. It's backed by China and others, yeah. Oh, so we have, and we found, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I don't want to jump around too much, but we've identified how China and mm -hmm. other nefarious dark money sources have been injecting uh, capital into our elections. And um, I've been working with um, an attorney um, to uh, bring all of this to light. Mm -hmm. And there are uh, there's a mat there's some massive stuff going on in the works right now. And we have whistleblowers. We have all the facts. We've documented it all. And nothing's going to be able to stop this. Well, we're going to help you get it out. But tell awesome. us about the before we're coming up on 45 minutes. Let's cut it off in like 10 minutes But because uh, I have to go to another interview. But this is just the first in a series. But tell us about the free state of Florida. Oh, well, the free <laughs> state of Florida is a farce. It's, it, it's a fiction. Yeah. It's an absolute fiction. And the problem with that is that it it's a theft. Again, treason. And yeah. it, the treason starts at the local level mm -hmm. and it starts in the counties. So this week uh, I was at a initiative for new legislation. Mm -hmm. Politicians love new legislation because it yeah. justifies their existence. Don't, don't enforce the old legislation. But don't enforce the old legislation. <laughs> so I, the premise of my talk that I gave was I asked them to honor their oaths and I asked them to honor, you know, to, to force the you know, the enforcement of what what's on there and mm -hmm. by them not doing that they're actually committing crimes this prison of felony the privation of rights under uh, um, uh under rule of law I, I mean there's like countless felonies mm -hmm. and while i was there at this meeting i found a whistleblower <laughs> demonstrating what's going on here in pinellas county now you would think that that would be massive and huge right but it's not because I've actually presented thousands upon thousands of upon thousands. Mm -hmm. I would probably say I've presented upwards of about a couple of hundred thousand felonies to the state of Florida, to the uh, secretary of state's office, to the election crimes unit. And as a matter of fact, the uh, efforts that I've, uh, done um, are all documented in extensive emails, phone calls with the um, uh, Secretary of State, and we had an in-person meeting with the Secretary of State and Court he, Bird. He, he, Court yeah. Bird. and he ultimately, uh, when we he, 
he told he told us that we needed to bring in um, prosecutable evidence. And I'm like, what difference does that make when you have the attorney general of the state of Florida committing crimes right. to cover up election crimes? Well, I, I'm on the Miami-Dade Republican Executive Committee and um, on the election integrity subcommittee, actually. And we brought probably some of the same stuff to cord and crickets. Yeah, well, that's so. because he's part of the the uh, the racketeering influenced corrupt organization mm -hmm. that is Florida politics to include uh, the Florida Supervisors of Elections Inc., which is by its very definition a subversive organization that is committing treason by the overthrowing of local governments and the national government through the theft of elections through vote-by-mail ballots and mm -hmm. the electronic manipulation of the voting machines. I mean, we have it all. It's all detailed. Every single one of these people should be put on trial for treason. I don't disagree. Yeah. And it's just not in Florida. It's everywhere. It's, in it's Georgia. everywhere. I mean, what's going on in Georgia is yeah. just a, a crime. And now South Dakota today, they're trying to you know, have the bylaws changed of the RAC in South Dakota so that there, none of these precinct people can vote. I mean, so. it, again, that's treason, mm -hmm. you know? So we're desperately trying to prevent a civil war from happening because that's mm -hmm. what they're trying to push us to do. Mm -hmm. But I, I think we can do this peacefully. And I, I think... Agree. And I, because here's here's the thing. Tyrannical regimes have to rely on propaganda and censorship and the underhanded stuff that they're doing because they know that they don't have the consent of the governed. Yes. And everything that we have uncovered ultimately proves beyond any reasonable doubt that they do not have the consent of the governed and are therefore an illegitimate and illegal operation. And so... We the people, because yes. all power comes from we the people. And all we have to do is say no, put them on notice. And that's what we're doing. So every American, I don't care what you're, what you think that your political affiliation is, you know, most Americans, the lion's share of them at this point, I would say that we're approaching 80% of America. Yeah, I was going to say 70 plus, but yeah. I would say 80, I would say about 80% of Americans, especially a lot of, a lot of Hispanics and, you know, a majority of the Hispanics and, you know, a large portion of the black community also are in our. Yeah. Community. Yeah. Yeah. And the Asian. So, community. so, Oh, I, I, and they've seen it, you know, yeah. I mean, they've seen it. I, mean, I grew up in the city that I grew up in. I grew up in Lowell, Massachusetts, mm -hmm. and they had a huge Southeast Asian population. I mean, huge. They know the horrors of communism. Do you think that they would intentionally vote to put communists in? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Now we're at a we're at a very critical inflection point in history across the globe. Look what's going on in Brazil. I mean, they want that yeah, here. Well, all these these yeah. machines, these ENS machines, these ESNS machines are being used to steal yeah. elections in every country. And give Xi Jinping control of the world, essentially, with his yeah. enablers in the West. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's at the county level that has to fight back. And that's you got to fight. You have to take it over mm -hmm. locally. We're doing it here. Um, we got a late start, unfortunately, in Pinellas County. 
-hmm. but we got to start. And I have enough evidence and proof and facts to completely remove the people who are running the wreck here in Pinellas County, Adam Ross, the current chair, Adam Ross, the current chair, when I brought my findings to him and Todd Jennings, who was the chair at the time, I was told by Adam that every election has been rigged since the beginning of time and that there was nothing that I was going to be able to do to stop it. Well, that was the wrong thing to say to me. Yeah, sure. Todd Jennings said, well, it benefits us here in Pinellas County. And I'm like, well, actually, it doesn't because Donald Trump had his election stolen in Pinellas County in 2020. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie Crist stole his congressional seat from David Jolly and from Anna Paulina Luna. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. So we're working to take out Adam Ross right now. I believe that once the evidence of his crimes become known, um, he's not going to have anywhere to go. Um, he, Adam Ross is, is a particularly problematic case because Adam Ross, he, ha, he has two particular positions outside of being the current chair for the Republican, uh, Pinellas County Republican Executive Committee. Mm -hmm. Do you know what Adam Ross's other two jobs are? No. Well, Adam Ross is the current... He's the current executive director for the state attorney's office in Pinellas County. Wow. So if I bring election crimes, crimes to somebody who's the executive director for the state attorney's office, doesn't he have a duty to act? Because I brought to him felonies. Yeah. Hmm. So make matters worse, this same individual, he's the chair of DeSantis's Judicial Review Board. Perfect. At some yeah. point, I want to talk about the death of the uh, guy running the Florida law enforcement yes. integrity group. I mean, there's a lot of smoke here. So, Oh, there is. I mean, the, the afternoon that he walks out of a shouting match in Court Bird's office, he ends up dead. Yeah. And his whole thing was the voter rolls are dirty. Yeah. You know, so people people have said stuff to me, and I said, you know what? I've died already, and yeah, I've come man. back. I'm not afraid of you, and I'm not afraid of this. And all you have to do is look at your children. That's it. That's yeah. what I'm doing. I'm doing it for my kids, your children, and every yeah. American. Yeah. We. This is our nation, and my legacy is going to be to give my children and your children and everybody's children and my grandchildren's children and their children the nation that I thought that I grew up in. Same here. Yeah. And there's a lot of us. Yeah, there are. More yeah. of us than there are of them. This is true. Well, Chris, I'm going to close it there, but I'm, I think this is part one. I think I'm going to call it Florida is not free series. All right. <laughs> <laughs> And we will do this again very soon because I know you have a lot to talk about. Oh, well, yeah. And, yes, I uh, do. And we'll put this out. And uh, thank you for coming on. All right. A wealth of information. Okay. Thank you.